So here we are for the Digital Marketers Update com podcast we are at measure camp copenhagen 2019 and i'm here with uh, three fine young gentlemen and today we're going to talk about uh, data integration and data orchestration so that's the value of of having your data basically work for you uh, in an organization so uh, i'm going to quickly pass around the room and get these fine young gentlemen to introduce themselves yes Wojciech. Hello, Wojciech Jack. I'm from uh, IH Nordic still, um, working with a with lot of things in data, but I could just summarize it with digital consultancy or data consultancy. So what I do is both implementation of data, integration of different data sources, but also visualization, also consulting, stakeholder management. So that's my field of work. Okay. Good morning. Uh, so I'm, I'm Hector Martinez. I work for IIH Nordic as well. And my official role is machine learning specialist. Um, that means for most customers, I, I work on how to integrate data from different sources. Usually one of those that will be web data, the other will be different types of internal data that the client might have. And then the next step is to do something with it, uh, try to activate it in real time or uh, in an automated way in a monthly report or something like that. I decided to follow after those two fine gentlemen. Well, free faculty Yama. This is Alon Jerome here. I work at, I work at Barclays in London. And uh, my field is uh, marketing technology, and I use a tag management system. So I work closely with marketing, with the marketing pixels. Right. This is what I do. So, um, you know, one of the first points we had in uh, some of the research that we've done at, uh, at Web Analytics Wednesday, we found that. Uh, yeah, data integration and data quality are, are two things. Sometimes can be in, you know hand in hand, but they stuck out as the the biggest problem that a lot of the analysts have today, and invariably a lot of the marketers had today. Uh, can can you talk about what the current challenges uh, in terms of data integration and um, uh, and quality that a lot of companies have at the moment, Wojciech? Yeah. So from my experience, you know what what I've seen so far was that. Companies tend to have lots of different data sources, and that's how they report on their performance in different fields. And our challenge as analysts often comes to integrating it all into kind of like one source, like, like a data lake thing. So when you can just kind of put your rod and fish for the actual data with some indicators showing you where you go into based on all those different reports. Because in the past, it used to work that you had a separate spreadsheet or a slide deck showing your Facebook performance. Then in the other, there was some CRM stuff. In the other, there were sales. In the other, there was web data like Google or, or something, right? So what we want to do and kind of you know challenges that people have is to have it all together and to have the dependency on how many likes are on my Facebook post versus how many sales I generated through that post. So I think that's a challenge, and that comes of both for analysts in this, like maybe software like me, trying to convince the stakeholders at those organizations how to achieve that, but also for data scientists who have to actually build that integration. So maybe Hector, you could share a bit, a few words about that. So, so I, I think in terms of challenges, I, I would highlight two of them. Um, one usually is the infrastructure that the client has when we come in the project. We normally use cloud technologies and we like to, if the client allows for it, to bring the data we need into the cloud and then work from there because then it's easier to integrate and orchestrate it in, in, in our realm, uh, so to speak. Um, but then what happens usually is that the different sources of data will be, one it will be in a database, the other will be like a file system and 
will be controlled by different departments. Um, and it's actually quite hard sometimes to communicate with these different departments to get them to to enable that data to arrive into our systems, um, sometimes because they don't know how, sometimes it would be politics of mm -hmm. like, we don't want to share this data or we don't trust this data being on the cloud and so on. Mm -hmm. um, that's one. The other big challenge is usually IDs. Um, if we are trying to do some integration at a, at a personal level, so a client or a user, different um, sources will always have different IDs. Um, especially in these projects because you have web analytics, but then maybe you have telemarketing data as well. Mm. And they are completely different. Um, then you have to deal with uh, with anonymity and, and all that. Um, so it's usually a big hassle. How to yeah, well. <laughs> so that's they, data cleaning, uh, yeah. making sure your data is, uh, you can stitch it together, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. So, so you have the... You have the uh, the formatting, you have the technology, and you also have politics, which is sometimes getting in the way, right, and releasing releasing data. So there is yeah. a people, process, and technology issue in terms of the integration yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah. Alban, can you throw anything? So in? I wasn't aware that actually marketers were struggling with integration because maybe it, it's market specific, but. I don't feel like they're totally technical, so I don't expect them to know how to write uh, SQL code, for example, and write joins or anything like that to to link to different data sources together, right? So, in terms, so that would be more like our analysts actually in our team would be dealing with that kind of stitching the data sources together, so all the joining in SQL, and um, the maybe the data quality is more an issue. Uh, we we've seen, as you mentioned earlier, developers would just push something new onto the website that that breaks analytics. And then all of a sudden, that data source contains gibberish data. Or it doesn't contain anything anymore. So I think the big challenge with data quality with analytics is, although we have testers, well, companies have testers, analytics code tends not to break, uh, like for errors when it's broken, but it just stops collecting data, or it stops pushing gibberish into reports. And as far as the testers are concerned, they feel like everything's fine because there is no JavaScript error to tackle. right? So they just push stuff live, and then we like all of a sudden I was going on to my reports, did something go live last night or yesterday or, oh yes, okay, now you mentioned it, yes, we pushed something, well, guess it's what happened. your data basically. Exactly. Yeah. So it's, it's almost like departments are not talking to each other from the developers to IT to so, well, analysts. It, it's going to be better, we have developers now who ask us now routinely to check analytics and say, hey, we pushed something live yesterday, can you please double check analytics and see if you spot any adverse impact or anything like that and, yeah. and that's when we can get to I mean if we capture that at that point usually that's within the warranty period mm. so that's the period after something goes live mm. during which developers are on the watch out for any issues so prepare to do a quick rollback of some sort but mm. after that warranty period has expired yeah. and it's too late you yeah, have to prioritize that and get that scheduled and everything so so what's the impact on uh, the stakeholders from the marketing point of view well it's just a trust of the data already okay so if they all of a sudden they know that at any time the data quality can just go down the drain yeah. it's very hard to trust the data going forward and then people always uh, have to watch like behind the shoulder like be a bit uh, like worry about it at the quality and it's very easy to take for granted but if it's easy to lose as well it's uh, mm -hmm. it doesn't breed a lot of um, serenity with mm -hmm. data across mm -hmm. organization no 
So, so if we go into with uh, Wojciech, what, what what are some of the solutions that you've seen, uh, um, or potential solutions, or so that you'd like to try? Yeah. Even? So, especially about the updates on the website, right? That can happen in dialogue with the developers. Let's say I will have ten new pages. They will have new widgets, and there's some functionality that could have been a potential KPI, or or the updates could have interfered with the tracking that's already there. For one of the clients that I was working for, we had a process that all the stakeholders who had anything to do with this website would have to sign off on the update. So the development bureau was uh, releasing a staging version for each party to check out if all the tracking and everything that they do is still valid on that update. And ones that have been signed off by everybody, they had a green light to publish it. And in this way, the client was satisfied because that was sort of for them a guarantee that every party having anything to do with the website will be satisfied with, you know, their, their work will still continue. And for them as a client, they will have the continuity of the same data quality. So that was one of the solutions that, that I've seen. And in this way, it was pretty robust because it, they were... Um, getting an update, let's say, in four weeks, and four weeks before they were sending the staging version. So the planning on their side had to be pretty much tight. Uh, unfortunately, that doesn't work for most of the clients. So most of them just do an update, and they say, oh, uh, the let's say newsletter form data is down. Uh, we have 10 new pages that are live now. We promote them with a newsletter form to fill out, and the newsletter form isn't tracked because we didn't tell you about it. So those are, you know, this is the practice. So mm -hmm. I think... Um, kind of being transparent and making everybody aware of what's going on, it's the first step. Mm. And then people raise questions, and once they start raising questions, then they get answers, and uh, they can plan to, for what they need to do. So it, seems, it sounds like it's we're still with that silo problem where maybe comp teams are still dealing with their own teams rather than yes, cross-functional. Yes, I think we are, and I think we are both in terms of agencies versus clients, but also clients with themselves, so kind of like organizations internally between their departments. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, the kind of experience you get from the from being within the organization. Yeah, yeah, for sure. What about you, Hector? Have you, what, how would you suggest oh, seeing some solutions yeah. or suggest... Yeah, so, so, so some of those issues, um, I think especially in the, in the boundary between when the data passes from the clients to us. Mm -hmm. um, on our end, we have to have alerts if something changes, if we feel that something is missing and so on. Um, mm -hmm. And then we have control if one of our system is down, then we get a notification and then we can fix it quickly. But then when something fails on the client side, uh, we can notify them, but we cannot um, know when that will be fixed. Mm -hmm. um, so what's in some of the, our latest projects, we, we are working on having uh, fail safes. So, um, we have to build cases that we know, okay, we are going to miss data from this source for a week. How can the system still, like if we are doing, for instance, predicting if users are going to convert and all of a sudden we lose access to the CRM data, for instance. So um, we have to, well, it usually means that we have more complex systems uh, because they have to control for these cases, uh, but at the end it's a lot more robust and then we don't depend on our client failures, or not client, but client infrastructure uh, mm. failures. Mm. Um, so, yeah. so in terms of the missing data, do you just add in averages or something, or how, how would you? <coughs> it it depends on the case. Mm. Uh, so sometimes could be uh, an average, sometimes could be using different types of models. Mm. So 
like if, if I'm thinking on prediction, we could have two two models. That's one that relies only on web data, mm. and one that relies on CRM and web data together. Uh, we mm. would expect this second model to be more accurate, but if the CRM data is missing, rather than using averages, then we might actually fall back to a model that only uses web data. Mm. Um, so so from, a, from a marketer's point of view, they need to really understand that the data that's being collected is kind of like something that has to be nurtured and cared for over time, right? Yeah, so they absolutely. Need, they absolutely. need to be aware of what they do in terms of uh, any new campaigns. Uh, is there anything else they should be aware of in terms of making sure the quality is, is maintained? Um, I would say consistency in general. Um, yeah. So if they define that they want to track data in some way um, and they have some agreed uh, labels to or naming conventions mm. or whatever. Uh, or frequencies th even maybe. Yeah, like everything should be consistent and if things are going to change, uh, it would be good to know in advance. As Wojciech was saying, uh, having a sign off of the new features that are going to be implemented. Mm. Mm. Yeah, Alvin, I mean, uh, you're in a, a situation where you have probably a, a hell of a lot of uh, internal or offline data that, uh, and you got to match that with your online data. And your, all, your data is probably also heavily regulated from the financial sector. Your, so uh, I, I'm lucky enough not to have to analyze any data. <laughs> so I don't yeah, have yeah, that. Um, it would be up to my colleagues in the web analytics team. Um, so they would have access to uh, our um, database. Uh, so that contains offline data, merge that again, as I mentioned earlier, using joins in SQL. That's what they do a lot. And but what, uh, as far as the tagging is concerned, uh, we uh, we start looking into uh, data governance uh, tagging tools as well. So that crawls for your site, checks that the tagging that you're expecting on key pages is still there. So it, it crawls like all the time. So with this, we're hoping to catch whenever developers have pushed something without telling us mm. that broke the tagging. At least we have something that, if no JavaScript errors were present, developers could uh, the good spot. Yeah. For governance. So the tool would uh, would ensure that uh, even though the, the broken code and broken analytics code does not fire any JavaScript errors, actually we would be able to spot them and go back to developers. Um, one thing that I heard at uh, at another summit a couple of years ago. Uh, if you had any outage in your data collection is to document that on the reports themselves. So, so when the developers, uh, so when your stakeholders actually download the data, you would have some kind of um, note or comment that says, if our data is 100% correct, we have reported no single outage during that period, during which you have extracted data for. Or if there was an outage, you would say there, warning, okay, the dates on that week actually have been impacted due to a release by the development team. The data is not 100% correct. So if you start using the data, use a, a good pinch of salt because the data is not 100% reliable. Mm. So we would avoid people to make, to jump to conclusions based on data, assuming the data is correct when actually it might not be for the entire period that data extraction is full. Okay. Like add to, to that, uh, in some of our integrations, what we actually do is to come um, offer a dashboard to the client as well. So they can follow, like on the, the current day and the previous days, like what what percentage of their data has been successfully integrated, um, and then they can use that as well to know, okay, from this in this period, these two days, we cannot trust this integration because system A or B was down. 
Um, and it, it also help us to control, uh, to keep an eye on what's, what's happening in the, in the systems. Mm, that's interesting. And if you had to backfill some of the data using averages or uh, using the same data from the same time in last year, then apply an extra 10% of page use because that's a natural increase that you notice over the years so far, then document that as well. You say, yes, the data is there, but it's estimated data based on last year's traffic plus X, mm. something like that. So it's kind of like we, the world of online data and offline data, there is still no perfect census data. We, we're still having to deal with a lot of, uh, with a lot of mess or pollution. So uh, it's about how we, how we manage that, right, both from the political side and both from the operational side. Yeah. So moving forward, if we had Nirvana, uh, what are the amazing things that we could do having a nicely uh, integrated data system uh, apart from having beautiful visualizations and and beautiful powerpoints which and we don't know no one looks <laughs> at PowerPoint. that's a joke right um you know, but it seems like on on, the, on that note we've we've come from and we've uh most of us in the room are old enough to remember uh <laughs> having to do powerpoints uh that were never looked at yep. and then uh, we're currently in an age where we have these wonderful dashboards that more people look at but I suppose particularly two of the people in the room will understand how data is used to automatically do stuff. Um, and, and that's the age where we're heading in. And, and I'm, I'm kind of leading the witnesses here, now, uh, Wojciech, what from the experience that you've had, um, seeing data being orchestrated and using uh, things like you know, what everyone's talking about today, artificial intelligence, machine learning, what is, what's that and what are some of the other things without stealing too much of Hector's fire? What are the benefits that, that companies, brands, uh, marketers are seeing? So I could kind of like start from you know, a step back. So kind of first step is to what we talked about to make sure that the data collection is of enough quality or it is integratable to the use cases that we wanted to, to kind of become a benefit later, right? Then we can, ha then we have kind of engagement within the organization. So, uh, and that I think is one of the hardest parts to make everybody around the table who has any stake in that data to be aware of what is going on, how is it going on, what are their decisions to make, how to make them based on that, where to look at instead of having tons of, let's say, PowerPoints, how to have a nice live dashboard that just shows this KPI, how far am I from my target, what are the implications for meeting that target, or um, sort of which channel to use maybe, right, to, to get there. And then later on, some of those outputs probably can automate something in terms of machine learning, can give you a prediction that's saying, based on all the history of your data, and that's probably what you're going to build on, uh, you can do A or B, right? And this is how we, how we train the model. But the other thing is kind of comes back to the start. So we identified basing on some set of data how are we going? And now we add more because, you know, the tools just pop like mushrooms and new, new ways of collecting information about the performance, both web-wise or, or even other stuff like, like just normal sales, like, you know, web shop sales or normal like uh, shop revenues, physical shop revenues, all that integrated into one. So then it kind of comes back to data quality, to integrating it into that kind of data lake to the next step, so kind of to stakeholders, then to machine learning, and then back to, to more integration. So that, I think, how it looks like. Yeah. 
I think one of the major applications um, of these integrations and orchestration is um, optimizing uh, marketing budget spend. Um, and then, of course, I have to talk about predictions, but one of the things could be predicting whether someone is going to convert or not. Are they going to buy product A or product B or product C? And how likely are they going to, to buy one of those things? And then having that information, and you can feed that into your AdWords or into your Facebook ads and so on, rather than, than targeting just using the, the tools that, that, that these uh, ad publishers are, are giving you, you can actually enrich that with information um, that you have processed yourself, integrating all your sources. Um, mm -hmm. Like the sa same thing could be rather than just predicting if they are going to convert or not, it could be predicting um, or uh, grouping people on mm -hmm. what they are interested in, um, yeah. then see how, how that varies over time and then it's make decisions. Kind of yeah, exactly. Of, uh, with certain dynamics, almost real data driven personas, but also activating on them real time by the advertising that you're serving to them, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know, that's, that's really... And what about for the bottom line of business? I mean, I think we can also be seeing businesses operate more efficiently in certain areas with their other resources using that data. Um, yeah, well, um, you, you usually save, can save a lot of time. If you have an organization which they are currently using um, different data sources to make decisions, but they don't have it integrated, that usually means that you have one person or one team that is exporting files to Excel, manually mm. converting that, putting mm. it all together, and then spending maybe two, three, four days a month just to be able to have um, uh, information on what to do next. Yeah. Um, so w with these integrations, if uh, that happens automatically, then yeah. you don't spend time doing that. Yeah. And that, that saves time for uh, of those resources, of those people that yeah. don't have to spend those hours, but also means that you can make the decisions uh, live. Yeah, in yeah a so way. instead of yeah. hacking and cleaning, they're actually analyzing and, and reworking. Yeah. And reworking data. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, Alvin, what, what any uh, really success solutions or uh, scenarios have you seen from a well integrated data environment? Um. I'm not sure if I got some really good examples. I'm very myopic in my world and <laughs> of banking. Yeah. Uh, it's not like I spend a lot of time actually checking a lot of implementations, uh, at least not at that stage. But uh, you were mentioning earlier what would be the northern state uh, of what things we'd like to see. And I think what I'd like to see is um, tools that integrate with um, integration, uh, integrated tools that developers use. So all the uh, development interfaces, the Eclipse and uh, Visual Studio and all that, if we could have some modules in those tools that actually validate the analytics code before, well, when they're building basically the, the code that's going to go into production, we could have some modules in there that check whether the coding is matching what the tagging requirements. Uh, that that the so ethics team so has produced a tagging guide. So yeah. if we call that upstream enough, early enough, then we would prevent a lot of issues before even you go live. So, so, so from your point of view, we're still far away from the perfect world. Well, I think we still, uh, if we rely on data uh, governance tools like rollers and things like that, it's maybe too late to address issues. What if we could actually look even earlier in the process? Mm. 
and see how VNX code has been implemented by the developers. Does that really match what the VNX team has produced in the tagging guides? And you would have some kind of validation module in those development tools. Like we catch those and say, on build time, if you push this into production, there's a chance it's going to break the analytics. Do not go live until you have spoken to the analytics uh, developers. Mm -hmm. And then we need to address maybe it's just um, a missing semicolon or something like that, but it could be something far more serious. Mm -hmm. And hopefully, if we could catch those before or just at the latest on build time, I think yeah. would be ideal. Yeah. A lot so of tools we go out um, completely become obsolete, but yeah. I think that's what we'd like. Yeah, so we still need some more seat belts and airbags in terms of getting to your journey where you want to head to. There's, there's that as well, and, and the developers tend not to know analytics very well. It's not taught as part of a computer science curriculum. Mm. Uh, tagging is still very much dependent on vendors, so if you want to be well-versed in tagging for specific tool, GA, Adobe, whatever, you need to have training um, on how to do the tagging, and that's not the kind of training that uh, computer science engineers really value. Mm. It's still very much seen as that's not what we've seen at school. I'm not interested in that. That's not going to give me my next promotion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Well, interesting time, gen times, gentlemen. We have uh, thanks for your time from a very international uh, <laughs> uh, crew here. We have Wojciech, who uh, hails from uh, from Poland and been, been building a solid career here in Copenhagen. Uh, Hector from uh, Spain, also building a, a solid career here in Copenhagen. <laughs> and uh, and Alban, Dr. Alban from both uh, Germany and France, where well, are you I'm from? I'm French, but I'm based in England and I speak German. And you speak in German, just to bring more so nationalities into the room. Just clearing confusion here. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but thanks again for your time. And uh, I, I look forward to uh, seeing you guys progress with uh, our challenges with data. Thank you.